I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom here on earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. You know, the last time we were together, we talked about a key to more miracles. And this week, what I want to share with you is something God has revealed that's a key to more souls, a key that's going to help you be more effective in soul winning in this hour. But just before I get to that key and help you see how you can grab hold of it, walk in it, and have incredible favor with the lost everywhere you go. I've got two announcements for you. As always, I want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe this video, this podcast, wherever you're listening to it or watching it. It really helps with the logarithm, and we need help with the. Sorry, I always say logarithm. It really helps with the algorithm, and it helps get the video out there. When you are watching on YouTube and you subscribe or you uh, share, it triggers something in the algorithm. If you're watching on Facebook, it's important that you follow or like and share that'll do something to that algorithm and if you're on the uh the podcast listening on a podcast platform subscribe or follow the show leave a five-star review for the show it'll only take you a minute and it has a huge impact as i've shared with you we've noticed uh the more we tackle uh, uh cultural topics to bring a kingdom perspective it seems like the more the social media algorithmic overlords like to squelch or shadow or whatever our videos and our podcast. But you know what? God is way bigger than any of that. We know he's going to get each show to the right eyes and the right ears to empower the people that he wants to empower for this hour. And you can help with that by liking, sharing, subscribing, following, and five-star reviewing. And hey, speaking of tackling social issues, I want to make sure you know about the new TV show that we are producing. I'll still be coming to you via uh, live streams and social media broadcasts and all the online stuff that we're doing. But we're also producing a brand new TV show for Christian networks. We look, it looks like we're going to be able to place them on Christian networks in Asia, the Middle East, Central America. And we've got a good shot even at being considered for North America and also for European Christian television. But here's where I need your help. In doing this show, it's called The Truth About Men. And what we're doing is we're taking on the lies the enemy has been broadcasting through culture to men for years and years and years now. And we are going to take on each lie and reveal the truth, the kingdom truth, what God says about men, what God says about his sons, what God says specifically in those areas about his sons. And you can help us do that. And just in case any of our wonderful sisters are watching, and I know you do, about half our audience for Heroes Arise are anointed women of God. You may be thinking, hey, what does the truth about men have to do with me? What has a lot to do with you? Because it has to do with your husbands and your sons and your brothers and the the men in your life, the men in your church. You want to see men arise just like men want to see women of God arise in all that the Lord has 
for them. So do me a favor and consider going to roberthodgkin.com and click the donation link or menonthefrontlines.com and click the giving link, or it might be giving at roberthodgkin.com and donation at menonthefrontlines.com. And consider sewing into all the costs involved in production, post-production, pre-production, placement. We filmed the first 12 episodes. We're in post-production on those right now. We're getting ready to do pre-production for the next 12 episodes. And then obviously there'll be post-production on that. And then there's placement costs in every time that we put these shows out there to help speak truth to men. You can help with that by going to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com, clicking that giving link or donation link and sewing a one-time tax deductible gift or please consider partnering with us on a monthly ongoing basis that makes you part of our go team and there's other benefits to that but when you join the go team you're helping us go to the nations through ministry missions uh, meetings uh, um, um, and and obviously through media so if you'd consider doing that it'd be a huge help we need your help and we'd love for you to join the go team and be part of god's solution as he sends our ministry our media and our messages out to the nations all right let's get into this week's topic a key to more souls you know, recently the Lord spoke to me. Well, gosh, it's, you know, time flies. It's not even that recent when I think about it. Um, it's over a year ago now. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and told me what the coming move of God was going to be marked by. And what is this coming move of God? Well, it's revival. It's revival in the churches under reformation in the nations. It's revival and reformation. It's all part of this billion soul harvest, right? Because that's what revival and reformation is. Souls, 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 souls. In revival, souls get saved. In revivals, the church gets revived. But even the church getting revived and renewed and refreshed is so we go out and we share the gospel in word and power with fresh zeal, fresh faith, fresh vision, vision so we can see souls come in. And then all those souls that get saved and a revival go back to the spheres of influence that they inhabit or are called to and it helps bring reformation to nations so revival and reformation are all about soul winning and soul winning is so important whatever role you play in that we're to be out there jesus said go out share the gospel preach it in word and in power we're all called to do it it's 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 fulfilling to do it's not a have to it's a get to but if you have a passion for revival if you have a passion for reformation if you have a passion for evangelism any of those means you have a passion for souls and souls are on the lord's heart i don't know in my almost 21 years of being a christian if i've ever seen such passion on display so such obvious passion of god for souls and all the word, words about the billion soul harvest the multiple billion soul harvest he shared with me a key to this move of god that's going to bring in the billion soul billion plus soul harvest and this is what he said it's simple but it's really powerful and it's what we're going to unpack this show he told me the coming move of god would be marked by his personality now catch this we've had moves of god marked by his power obviously from the voice of healing to the deliverance moves to the healing moves to the miracle moves we've had moves of god marked by his 
presence. We, we're, we're coming out of one or, 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 or multiplying in one right now where we've seen things like at the universities, the students lingering in worship and prayer and the presence of God coming, the presence of God manifesting and all the glorious aspects to that. We've had moves very much marked by his presence. We've had moves very much marked by his power. This coming move of God will absolutely be filled and overflowing with his presence and his power, but it will be marked by his personality, he told me. And moving in his personality is an absolute key to winning more souls. Why? For the simple truth that we're talking about a billion plus soul harvest and many of those billions and billions of people aren't interested in coming to a Sunday church service or even coming to a revival meeting or even responding to or listening to a preach or a share out on the streets or on a street corner. They may not even respond to the offer for prayer when we go out and about, you know, praise God. Most of the places we go when people we ask for people, if we can pray for them, they say yes. But I'll tell you what, I've noticed a marked difference now from even just a few years ago. Why? Because so many people are, are dealing with so much. They're frustrated with so much. They're irritated with so much. They don't know where to go. They don't know who, what to trust. And I've noticed that defenses are higher than ever. Walls are up more than ever. People are more impatient than ever. But one of the keys to getting past all of that so the presence and power of God can really hit somebody, really witness to somebody of who he is and what he's like, is choosing to move in the personality of God. Because when we move in the personality of God, we move in the fullness of his goodness that is his personality, his kindness, his, his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his patience, his joy, all those wonderful aspects of his personality, walls come down, defenses are dropped, hearts and minds open, and all of a sudden, it's so much easier to share the reality of who he is with someone who is already open to him because they've been so touched by his personality. The personality of God breaks down walls, opens hearts, and even draws the lost wherever we go and wherever the lost are. One of the reasons for this is because people are hungry. They're even desperate for something other than what their experience from most spheres of influence and authority figures right now. We've gone through so much these last few years and so much of it has left people frustrated, uh, discouraged, uh, depressed, uh, broke, uh, irritated, angry, you name it. People don't feel that there's anybody that they can trust anymore. We've, we, we've seen that we really can't trust our government to have our best interest at heart. We, we can't trust the media. It feels like the media is, if not outright lying to us, at least propaganda us and agendaizing us constantly. We don't know where to turn for truth. We don't even know where we can get real facts. We can't even trust the, 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 the medical industry anymore. We don't even feel like that. Is, is, is this safe? Is that safe? Is this not safe? Is that not safe? Why is this a profit motive? Is, is this a what, 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 what? People are overwhelmed with information, disinformation, agendas, propaganda, and lies. What is the result of that? They're more shut down and closed off than ever before. But in the midst of that, 
They're hungry for something real. They're hungry for something true. They're hungry for something trustworthy. Part of the reasons their hearts are closed and their minds are shut and their walls are up is because they feel like there's no one they can trust. But, but that in itself declares they're hungry for what they know they should be experiencing, that, that should be out there. And we get to share him who is the way, the truth, and the life with them who are actually really, really hungry for a power greater than themselves that they know loves them as they are, accepts them where they are, and wants to lead them into something true and real and better than they've ever experienced before. This personality of God, moving in the personality of God, has really been part of God's plan since day six. Think back to Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. I know we talk about that a lot here on Heroes Arise, but it's a really important scripture because it's so foundational. This is where God, after bringing forth creation, makes us in his image and after his likeness. Male and female, he made us in his image and after his likeness to be his representatives and his representers here on earth, to be his dominion stewards, to be his kingdom agents of impact, walking in relationship with him and then from that relationship within that relationship because of that relationship we get to put his reality on display we move in his power with his authority all to his glory that's what he's saying when he tells us to take dominion and rule and reign on the earth made in his image and after his likeness but one of the other things he says, as he's putting us in place with this power and this authority and this opportunity, he tells us to be fruitful and multiply. And this is key. We got to catch this because when he says be fruitful and multiply, he's not just talking about increasing our numbers in the earth. And he is. Because one of the ways we, we bring forth the kingdom is that we multiply the people who know him. And of course, if we have families and babies and lots more families and lots more babies, and we raise them up to know the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to move according to his will and his way and his word, we're going to multiply the kingdom that way. Absolutely. But I think there's another layer of revelation here. We're talking about the personality of God, right? What is the personality of God? Well, let's look at Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and then I'll circle back to Genesis 1 and make that point. The Apostle Paul here is reminding the church of what we've been given in Holy Spirit. And he starts to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, isn't it interesting? This scripture starts with, but the reason for that is Paul is sharing this in the context of what's going on in Galatia and in the church, because they've been giving place to the world and to carnality, to the flesh. And he's spending much of Galatians five before this talking about, Hey, this is the fruit of the world system. This is the fruit of the flesh. It's this thing, that thing. It's all the things that don't look and sound and feel like, like God. He says, but for us in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, which means we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that fruit is love, peace, joy, kindness, compassion, goodness, patience. In other words, it's, 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 uh, sorry, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In other words, it's the personality of God. 
Now catch this. If the fruit of the spirit is the manifestation of the personality of God, it brings a whole nother layer of revelation to God telling us, this is how you multiply the kingdom in the earth. You be fruitful. What does fruitful mean? Well, quite literally, it means be full of fruit. In other words, be full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, allow it to rise up and overflow out of you. And as you move in that fruit of the Spirit, that is the personality of God, you will multiply the kingdom because as you go, hearts will open, minds will open, defenses will come down, walls will come down, and people will want to hear from you and receive from you because of the personality of God that you are walking in and emanating and gives them what they desire and have hungered for. Think about this. We talked about a lot of the fruit that's out there right now because of all the enemies been doing in culture and in government and in, in media and in medicine and in education systems. And the good news is God is exposing it. The good news is we are in verse two of Isaiah 60, where the Lord says, behold, the darkness on the earth and the deep darkness on the people. We are beholding all this darkness. That's actually a good thing. It's not good that it's there, but it's good that we see that it's there because now we get to deal with it. Behold, the darkness on the land and the deep darkness on the people. And then he says, but the kingdom of God will arise in you. What does Romans tell us the kingdom of God is? Righteousness, peace, and joy. He's starting to talk about fruit of the spirit. The kingdom of God, an aspect of the kingdom of God, is the personality of God. And when we begin to allow the kingdom of God to arise in us when we're noticing all the darkness, as opposed to allow the rule of the flash or, or the fruit of the world, in other words, when we choose to have self-control, one of the fruits of the spirit. And we use that so that when we want to give place to irritation, frustration, anger, rage, despair, discouragement, depression, all those other negative, dark, ungodly emotions, well, that's what the enemy wants. One of the reasons the enemy's doing so much that he's doing is not only because he's trying to establish more of his darkness on the earth, but he wants to get us irritated, frustrated, discouraged, despairing, angry, raging, using our mouth to curse instead of bless, to release darkness instead of light, to speak death and murmur and complain as opposed to releasing life and decreeing the word of God and blessing and believing God is bigger than all of this. The enemy knows the power of us walking in the personality of God. He wants us irritated and outraged and offended and bitter so that we're releasing those things as we go. Or even worse, we're just so done with it all. Our walls are up. Our hearts are hard. Our minds are closed. Our necks are stiff. We're not looking at people the way God looks at them. We're looking at them as the problem or an irritation or a delay or this or that because, oh my gosh, I already have so much going on and there's so much to sort through. That's what the enemy wants. That's part of his plan in releasing darkness into the earth is to get us so irritated and frustrated and discouraged and despairing 
that we're not choosing to let the kingdom of God, the personality of God and the power and presence that, that opens everything up to arise in us. But we let those other things arise in us. But God says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory and the kingdom of God will appear upon you. The glory of the Lord or the kingdom of God will arise in you and the glory of the Lord will appear upon you. We must allow the kingdom of God to arise. A big part of that is choosing to have self-control and either not give place to all those negative emotions the enemy wants us to. So we're releasing darkness instead of light, death instead of life. Or if like, let's get real, we've all done it. We have given place to those negative emotions. We operate in self-control. We stop, we repent, we receive forgiveness. And then we partner with Holy Spirit to not only put those things aside, but to allow the kingdom of God, the personality of God to arise in us. So now we're shining. Once we let those things arise, we begin to shine. Once we let the personality of God arise in us, we begin to shine and people are drawn to that. It says it. Nations will come to your light and, and kings to the brightness of your shining. People, uh, ethnos is that word for nations. People, people groups, the person in front of you, the people all around you. Entire nations will be drawn to that light and kings and queens and presidents and prime ministers and senators and, and this is and that's men and women of influence will notice the personality of God in you from, from the, the honor and the respect and the love and the peace and the hope-filled expectation that you move in to the wisdom that you move in to the solution bringing and difference making that you move in and they will receive you and receive God in you just like Nebuchadnezzar did with uh, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego to where a king went from being completely hard-hearted and against God to seeing the personality of God actually opened the door for Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, despite being com completely disagreeing with the wickedness of the Babylonian system and policies and administration, they still spoke to Nebuchadnezzar with honor and respect, especially when they were either standing against those things or bringing God into them so he could make changes. They trusted in God's ability to arise in them, speak through them, and bring changes to where they were much more than they feared the enemy's power and strongholds and all of those things. The personality of God actually opened the door for the power of God to flow. That's why the enemy wants us giving place to all these negative, bitter, offended, outraged emotions and releasing darkness and allowing those things to arise in us and be released through us. But if we allow the personality of God to arise in us, and flow through us, we will see so much favor and so many opportunities to reach the lost and bring them into a saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at this. If you have your Bibles, get your Bibles out and turn to John 4. Oh, let me get a sip of water here. You know, I'm actually recording this. I tried to get this out, guys, out to you guys live today, but I don't know if I've told you, we're having all sorts of work done here at the house in our kitchen because of um, we had a really a garbage disposal that malfunctioned or, or wore out or cracked or something. But for a couple of days, we didn't realize it, but it was releasing food waste water under the sink. And unfortunately, it was just being almost immediately soaked up into the drywall and all that stuff. So we've had to have all that torn out and dealt with because food waste water is 
some kind of biohazard. So we've got all that torn out and dealt with, but now they're reconstructing and putting things back together. And they were here doing some painting today and being great workers and great guys and, and very conscientious. They hung plastic sheeting everywhere. And I found out Wi-Fi really doesn't go through multiple layers of plastic sheeting and other stuff. I was able to begin to broadcast, but because of the interference with where everything is, it um, actually was creating everything super grainy and pixelated. And the sound was, I don't know what the equivalent of pixelated is with sound, but glitchy. So uh, we didn't le release this live and I'm waiting till later when that's done for the day to record this and we'll get it out to you tomorrow morning. But okay, having said all that, and letting you know why this is getting to you later in the week and is not coming to you live, but I'm actually recording it. You'll probably see it get dark outside here. It's in the evening as opposed to I usually do these in the morning for you. Turn in your Bibles to John 4 because we see a great example of exactly what we're talking about and how choosing to move in the personality of God out in the world, especially with people who are going through really difficult stuff. And, and are shut down or closed off. But when they encounter the personality of God, everything changes. As opposed to being, you know, treated harshly, which let's get real. When we give place to that bitterness, that offense, that outrage, that irritation, frustration, fear, uh, uh, anger, rage, all that stuff, it causes us to be more hard-hearted, more selfish, more carnal, looking at people as slowing us down or being in our way, as opposed to incredible opportunities to be kind, to be merciful, to be gentle, to be forgiving. Because remember what we're told in, what is it, Romans? It's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. It's not the, it's not the haranguing. It's not the, 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 the pointing, wagging the finger at that leads a man or a woman to repentance. It's actually when we experience God's kindness. That was my experience. I mocked and persecuted Christians in the church. I mocked and made fun of Christianity in the church and even Jesus himself for 38 and a half years, almost four decades. And when God manifested his presence outside my cabin in the woods, I definitely took note of the presence, but you know what opened my heart? Well, when he showed up, he didn't say, all right, you horrible sinner. You've been, you've been hor every single person I've tried to send to you to share the gospel with you. You've been an intellectual and emotional bully. You've been a hard hearted, stiff neck pain in the rear. And I'm here to let you know you're going to hell and it's, we're, we're sick of you and we're sick of your attitude and we're sick of you. No, he could see past all that. And he saw it was the hurt. He saw it was all the things that had built up over the years that had put me there. And when he manifested his presence, this is what he said to me. I refuse not to love you. He manifested his personality of love. And then I had this heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him where I brought every wicked, hurtful, hateful, selfish thing I'd ever done in my entire life before him. And his response to all of it was, I refuse not to love you. Thing after thing after thing that I'd done, that I thought should disqualify me from this love, from this acceptance that I was feeling. Every single thing he said, I refuse not to love you. Now, he didn't say, hey, none of that matters. No, he, but his personality of love and acceptance and mercy and kindness and goodness and peace and joy. I was experiencing love and acceptance and peace and joy and a trustworthiness like I'd never experienced before, that all the hardness of my heart melted 
all the fear that that postured as you know anger or offense or cynicism melted and i just wanted him another encounter the next day same thing different different way but same thing and i invited him in my heart he came flooding into my heart and then he dealt with all the stuff he didn't say i love you because i love you because i love you i refuse not to love you so it's all cool man no absolutely he never stopped being truth but the way he opened me to truth and brought me into truth was through his personality his presence manifested it drew my attention but what opened me up for my soul to be one was his personality. And then from there, I started experiencing his power for transformation. The personality of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. We must move in the personality of God if we want to see a, a billion soul harvest come in. That does not mean we ever, we never, ever, ever compromise truth. We never, ever, ever compromise the gospel. We never, ever, ever compromise Holy Spirit's ability to transform us and really encourage us and, and grace us and to equip us and empower us to walk in imputed righteousness that we have received. It's not about greasy grace. It's about the personality of God opening the doors of closed off hearts, locked minds, taking down the Jericho walls of bitterness, offense, and just flat out being overwhelmed by all the yuck that's been out there for so long. And we see a great biblical example of this. I gave you my personal example. Let me give you a biblical example. In John 4, uh, verses 7 through 20, the story of the Samaritan woman actually goes further than that, but I'm, I want to take you up through verse 19 or 20. And let me give you a little context. So this is the story you know, the woman at the well. This is a Samaritan woman. We find out later on that she is kind of the town harlot. Um, and she's and this is important. This is controversial, I know. We'll touch on that in just a second, too. But um, this is important because we need to understand when it says a woman of Samaria came to draw water, that we need to catch that this is in the middle of the day. Why is that important? Well, because nobody comes for water in the middle of the day. It's the desert and it's hot. And so you don't want to go in the middle of the day where it's really, really hot. I live in the Sonoran Desert. If you looked out the window, you'd realize that. Um, or actually, you'd see the house next door. But if you could read the temperature gauge out there today, we were well over 110 degrees again today. And, you know, in the middle of the day, it's the hottest. In the middle of the day, we were probably somewhere between 112 and 117 this time of year. It's hot. And it's easy to do things early in the morning or later in the evening when the sun is down or has just come up. So nobody goes for water in the middle of the day because you don't want to walk around in the desert when it's the hottest. It just it saps you, man. Believe me, we live here. We know. The other reason nobody goes in the middle of the day, though, is because it's the desert, you need water when you wake up. You need water first thing in the morning. You need water for drinking when you wake up. You need water for bathing or rinsing off or whatever ablution you do in the morning when you're a, a desert person. But you also need it for cooking in the morning. So nobody really uses, goes to get water in the middle of the day, but she did. Why? Well, because nobody goes in the middle of the day. So she did because she's tired of hearing the whispers. She's tired of the gossip. She's tired of the look. She's tired of the glances. She's tired of the judgment. She wants to go when there's nobody there because she's tired of all of it. She knows what they think of her. She knows what they says, say about her. And she'd rather just avoid it. So she goes in the middle of the day. And it's a strategy that usually works for her. 
But this day, there's something different. This day, when she approaches the well, she's got to be thinking, oh, man, there's somebody there. Oh, and it's a man. Oh, and it's a Jewish man. And oh, my gosh, I can tell that it's a rabbi. Worst case scenario, I'm going to get a lecture. I'm going to get the look. I'm going to get uh, preached at and finger wagged and judged. And I'm sick of it. But she also is probably thinking, but I got to get water. It's the desert. I have to have water to survive. So she goes and she encounters Jesus. Let's 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 pick up there. A one of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So the first thing he does is he says, serve me. You know, trying to like gauge the place of her heart. She's got to be thinking, fine. All right, holy man, I'll serve you. The town harlot, I'll serve you. Um, so the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, though you are a Jew, are asking me for a drink, though I am a Samaritan woman? In other words, why aren't you judging me? Why are you even interacting with me? Jesus is already showing how different he is because he's already, he's already moving through in love and kindness. He's moving through boundaries. He's moving through cultural boundaries, social boundaries, even a gender boundary to let her know there's something different about him. And then it goes on and they get to talking about the water. And Jesus says, if you knew who I was and you knew the water I have for you, I have water for you. That's living water. The people that drink of this water never get thirsty again. Let me see if I can find that. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, meaning the water he has, will, uh, uh, sorry, meaning the well water, everyone who drinks of this water from this well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw water. So what she's saying, she's saying, sold. I'm interested. If you have water, I don't really understand what you're saying about this living water and this spring of eternal life, but I caught that if I get this water from you, I'm never thirsty again. I have a source of water. I don't have to come back here and deal with the walk, the effort, but also encountering people and being judged. I want that water. So we said to her, go call your husband and come here. The, the, uh, uh, the, the woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. This which you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I have, I perceive that you are a prophet. So let's break this down for a minute. And let's talk about something that sometimes creates controversy and offense even in the church. I've had people share with me that it's offensive for us to assume that just because she's the, the man she's living with is not her husband, that she's an adultery or she's a harlot. Um, and people have pointed out, and rightfully so, it's, it, it could be that it's her brother or its uncle or her uncle. Why are we assuming she's a harlot? And I guess technically that could be it. Although I think if we look in the original language, it might make it a bit more clear, but here's the reason I personally believe it is a man that she's living with in sin as opposed to a brother or an uncle. Not so we can look down on her and see what a harlot she is. No, 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 not at all. It's actually so we can see the amazingness of our God and his kindness and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. Because the very fact 
that he's willing to cross all these boundaries with her, even if she is a sinner. Jesus came for the sinners. He wants to show his love to the sinners. He's not looking down on her. The religious have looked down on her. The self-righteous have looked down on her. Jesus just wants to look at her and draw her into a relationship with him, a righteous salvation relationship with him for all eternity. We see something very, very special about our God, and we see something about the power of walking in his personality. Because let's break down again. He says, go get your husband. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, that's right, you don't. I know, I'm fully aware that you have no husband. I'm fully aware that you've had five husbands. Oh, the scandal. No, I, I know your history. And I still love you. I'm still here for you. I'm still going to be good to you. I still am going to offer you everything I have to offer everyone. You're not disqualified from this. I know that you've had five husbands and I know the man you're with right now isn't your husband. And then she says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. That's verse 19. Why is this important? Because she's just said, dude, you read my mail. You're spot on. You're exactly right. What has she done? Even with the, the cultural, religious, and social boundaries that Jesus is willing to step through and reach across to let this woman know that she's loved and he has goodness and kindness and mercy and forgiveness and life and light and love for her, what does the, the what, 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 in the culture of the day, her admitting to a male Jew, especially a male Jewish rabbi, that she is living with a man who is not her husband. In other words, living in sin, living in adultery. She's just given Jesus the legal right to stone her to death on the spot. Why would she do that? Because moving in the personality of God is a key to more souls. And obviously Jesus did it. Obviously Jesus was the father revealed, including the personality of the father revealed. She encountered something different. She encountered what she was hungry for. She encountered real love, real acceptance, kindness, goodness, mercy, forgiveness, even in the midst of her failings being known. She's not being gossiped about. She's not being murmured about. He's not cutting glances at her. He's not finger wagging at her. She's not judging her. He's not picking up a rock to stone her. She encountered the personality of God and her walls came down. Her heart opened, her mind opened. She knew there was something different. A woman who went out of her way and extra effort and extra heat in the desert to avoid people, to not have to deal with them, to, to be walled off, to be closed off, to be self-protecting and self-defensive when she encounters the personality of God in and through Jesus Everything shifts, everything changes, and she goes from being shut down, walled off, self-defended, to wide open, receiving him, getting saved, and becoming a radical evangelist that gets her whole town saved. Her whole village gets saved through her, which I have seen the Messiah, and you must see him too. You must come meet him. You knew everything about me. Now come and see him for yourself. 
the very people she'd been avoiding and avoiding and avoiding and avoiding. Now she's going to say, I don't care what you think of me. I know what he thinks of me. I've encountered his personality and I want to share that with you despite how your personality has been towards me. The personality of God is a key to more souls. Choosing to let the personality of God arise in us. Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, mercy, compassion, never compromising truth, never compromising the will, the way, and the word of God, but opening others up to be hungry for that because we operate in his personality. Moving in the personality of God is profoundly powerful. Moving in the personality of God, again, letting that arise in us as opposed to all the things the enemy and culture is trying to get us stirred up in, seeing other as the problem as opposed to an opportunity to be kind and good and share the personality of God with, which leads them to repentance. The goodness of God, the kindness of God, the personality of God leads men and women and people and nations to repentance. One last thought, and then I'll let you go on this because I think you're getting it. In the Great Commission, Jesus says something profound. When he's giving us the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, I'm, I'm, one of the things I'm empowering you to do, one of the things I'm commissioning you, calling you, equipping you to do, encouraging you to do, and empowering you to do, is to go and baptize nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I remember years ago seeing that scripture and having read it many, many times and all of a sudden having a very literal thought. And, you know, God knows how to work with us. And I, I love the word. I love words. I love word play. Sometimes you have fun with words by, by being literal with them. And all of a sudden it struck me, all right, if I take this scripture literally, because I think the Bible is historically true, I think it's revelatorily true, and I think it's also literally true. Um, but if you take this literally, not just revelatorily and representatively, which Bible also has lots of re revelatory and, and, and uh, 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 What's the other word I just used? Sorry, my mind just went blank. The Bible has lots of revelatory truth and representative truth and layers of truth while being historically and literally true as well. All of a sudden, I had a thought of this literally, like, how do you baptize a nation? Where do you get a baptismal big enough for an entire nation? And it got me to thinking. So I looked up the word baptize, baptize there, and it's from the Greek word. I think it's baptismo, and it means to soak, to saturate, but it it's also means to marinate. It's, it's like the process of transformation through immersion in. Think of a cucumber going into brine and it actually, the, the cucumber is, is baptized in the brine and actually changes from cucumber to pickle. There's transformation. Well, we're to transform nations. We're to transform nations and people and people groups. How? By we do this in the name of of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, that was one of the other things that I, I tripped up on all of a sudden. I was like, hey, look, wh why do you say name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as opposed to the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Now, now look, I, I don't pretend to understand the 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 theological complexities of the Godhead. I know our God is three in one. I know it's not three gods with three different names. It's one God. And there's these different aspects or persons of God that is one God. Again, I'm not pretending to understand the theological complexities of that. I don't think anybody really does. We may not till we get to heaven. But I thought to myself, why don't you say in the name of the Lord, 
or in the name of God or in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm just thinking this through. I'm obviously not building a theology around it, but God uses all this stuff. The questions we ask, even if they're silly questions or, or let's get real, even if they're dumb questions and maybe I ask dumb questions, but he has a way to meet me smartly in even my dumb questions. And he had me, because I got curious about this, he inspired me to do a word study on name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here's the revelation that came out of it, which fits in what we're talking about, a key to more souls. When that word name in the Greek is like onoma or onoma, I'm not quite sure where the emphasis is. I don't have it in front of me, but it's, it, and one of the ways it can be translated is character and nature. So, but he's part of the great commission is for us to immerse and soak and pickle and transform people and people groups and nations by moving in the character and nature. In other words, the personality of God. Do you see it? And then he goes on to make it really clear by saying, teach them to obey the things I've instructed you. He doesn't say, hey, go and demand they do these things. He says, simply flow in what I've given you, equipped you with, encouraged you to do, empowered you to do, go and be my representative and representer, and it will transform people and people groups and nations. Go and move in my personality and my presence and my power, the fullness of my goodness, and it will bring transformation. The key to more to 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 seeing souls saved right now. The harvest is ripe. We know that. The harvest is ripe and the Lord of the harvest is saying pray for more harvesters to go and I want to tell you he spoke to me a while ago and said the key to this move, a key to the billion soul harvest is that it will be marked by the personality of God. So as we pray for the harvesters to go, as we pray for God to open doors for us to go as a harvester, remember the key to more souls. Move in his personality. That doesn't mean you won't move in his power and presence. Absolutely you will. We want the fullness of his goodness, all of his glory, presence, power, and personality. But I am telling you, a key to seeing those hard hearts, those closed mind, those walled off souls, seeing all that come down is to move in the personality of God. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for being with me this week. Sorry for the technical problems we had, um, but you know what? You just keep going after it and, and it's going to get out there. And even if I had to release a pixelated grainy version of this, who knows how it's going to go. Hopefully this is going to come through clear when all is said and done, but I want to get this word out to you because you you are going to move in the personality of God. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much for every single person watching this video right now, watching this vidcast or listening to this podcast. And I thank you, Lord, that you are going to grace them mightily to begin to move in your personality. God, I thank you for a greater grace to allow the kingdom of God, the righteousness, the peace and the joy of God, the, the, the love and peace and joy and kindness and compassion and goodness and patience of God, the mercy and forgiveness of God, the love, 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 love of God, that you will grace us to allow that 
to arise in each of us, that we would let your personality arise in us, that you would give us a great grace to operate in self-control. So when we're tempted to give place to irritation or bitterness or offense or outrage or discouragement or despair or, 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 or any of those other negative emotions, we would not give place to them, God, but we would allow you and your personality, the expression of who the godly emotions that you blessed us with, we would let those arise in us and come out of us and be seen and heard from us. God, I pray that you will so root us and ground us in your love, your perfect love that casts out all fear, that when all the things the enemy's doing, all the things that seem to be beyond our control or just flat out of control these days or dark or deeply dark that can trigger fear, God, we would be so rooted and grounded, so full of and overflowing with your perfect love that that fear would be removed, that fear would bow, and it would be easy for us to not give place to those negative, ungodly emotions, those dark things, but it would be easy for us to let your personality arise in us and through us. Help us to experience your love. Help us to not only experience the height, the width, the depth, and the breadth of it. In other words, the fullness of your love everywhere we go all the time. Help us not only know it, but help us experience it. So we are transformed by your love and we go out as transformers in your love. Grace us to move in your personality because I know that I know that I know this coming move of God will be marked by your personality and those of us who say yes to this grace, to this process, to the allowing your kingdom and your goodness in its fullness, in its personality to arise in us and be expressed through us. We know it's a key to seeing this billion soul harvest come in. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. May you receive the reward of your suffering and see this billion plus soul harvest come in. In your mighty name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, real quick, don't forget, like, share, subscribe, five-star review, the vidcast on YouTube, the vidcast on Facebook, the vidcast on Rumble, and then also um, and the podcast. Be sure to give that a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and follow everywhere else. Thank you guys. And please, Go to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com. Click that donation link or that giving link and give a one-time tax-deductible gift. Or please consider becoming a monthly partner. Join our Go team and help us reach the nations. Be part of God's solution as we reach the nations through meetings, ministry, messages, and right now, powerfully media. We need your help with some post-production, pre-production, and placement costs for new media. And I want to thank you so much for praying into it and considering it. God bless you guys. I'll see you back here again soon for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.